Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Tesla Q1 2018 Financial Results and Q&A and Webcast Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session, and instructions will follow at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the conference, please press star then zero on your touchtone telephone. As a reminder, this conference may be recorded. I would now like to introduce your host for today's call. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And it might sound a little weird because I'm in a different spot, and it does sound a little weird to me. So hopefully it doesn't sound too weird to you guys. So let's talk Tesla earnings because that's really what it's all about, right? Uh, wrong. The Tesla earnings call was bizarre. There was just a real weird energy about it. Can't really explain why. I, I, it was just really weird, and uh, we'll go into what Elon said was going on a little later. But I tried. This is my fourth attempt at doing this podcast. My first one, uh, it was going to go way over two hours, and that's ridiculous. My second one went about an hour. I actually recorded that one, and by the time... Like, I edited the clips down and everything. It just wasn't very... That's what I'm looking for. The clips didn't really give you the whole story. So I was like, okay. Tried another time to make the clips more relevant. Set the clips up. That just was very clumsy, and it didn't work out. So here's what I'm going to do. We are going to do a semi-kind-of-normal episode without clips. And then I'm going to release a bonus episode with the whole investor relations call or investors conference call. And um, I'll just add, you know, my two cents as the call goes on. So that'll be a bonus episode. If you're into that kind of thing, by all means, listen. I know a lot, not a lot of people are. So we're going to just do a regular episode and then we'll do the investor episode. Um, probably right after this, after I get some food. But yeah, let's talk about some things I like. Let's get through this real quick. Uh, this is episode 90, by the way, which is insane. Uh, I'm closing in on that 100. Finalizing plans on for the special episodes of 99, 100, and a 101. So I think it'll be kind of cool and a little bit of a departure from what we normally do here. And then we'll go back to our regular, regularly scheduled episodes. Uh, let's see. First up, things I like. 
the other day I caught the first episode on YouTube of Cobra Kai, which is the Karate Kid. Uh, not really a reboot, uh, just like continuation 30 years later. Um, and it's really good. Uh, I highly, it's exactly what you would expect it to be. Don't expect good acting. Don't expect great writing. But do expect all of those warm, fuzzy, like nostalgia feeling, feelings you had about Karate Kid. And it's it's really good. Cobra Kai on YouTube. Check that out. I want to thank all of our Patreons, patrons, which are, which are two. So thank you, fellas. And if you want to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. I'll put the link in the show notes as always. Won't go too much on um, the Patreon stuff. Let's see. Uh, for videos, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but there's a Waymo accident in Chandler, Arizona, and there's a video of that. That's actually worth looking at. Uh, it's only about eight seconds long, but uh, uh, it's kind of scary how fast these things happen. So let's get uh, right into the news, shall we? Ready? First thing we're going to talk about from TechCrunch, and man, I forgot to write the gentleman's name that wrote the story, but I apologize. Uh, but the first thing we're talking about is the Waymo self-driving vehicle accident in Chandler, Arizona. It happened this afternoon, so uh, sometimes delaying this podcast because I can't figure out how I'm going to make it work until a Sunday works out because now we get to um, now we get to learn about this Waymo van crash. So what happened is there was a car driving. I don't know which direction they're driving. So let's just say the Waymo, for argument's sake, van is driving north, and the vehicle is driving south, the vehicle that hit it. It's a Honda sedan. At an intersection, a car went through the intersection. It's not clear, or it's not clear to me, if the light, who the light was green for. But in order to avoid that car that popped out in the intersection, the Honda sedan went across the median and then hit a Waymo driver. Uh, or excuse me, a Waymo van. There was a driver in the driver's seat because we talked, I think we talked about this, or maybe I just read it. Uh, Waymo is, is petitioning California to not have drivers in the driver's seat anymore um, and practice that around Mountain View. Yeah, we did talk about this. Um, so there was a driver in the driver's seat, but the car was in autonomous driving mode. In the TechCrunch article, the headline said it was a serious accident, but it wasn't. It was just a, there were just minor injuries. Um, everybody's going to be okay. And this is what the Chandler police released. This is their statement here. We're currently investigating a minor injury collision involving two vehicles, one of which was a Waymo autonomous vehicle. This afternoon around noon, a vehicle, Honda sedan, traveling eastbound, I guess I do know if I read this, on Chandler Boulevard had to swerve to avoid striking a vehicle traveling, traveling northbound on Los Feliz Drive. As the Honda swerved, the vehicle continued eastbound into the westbound lanes of Chandler Boulevard and struck the Waymo vehicle, which was traveling at a slow speed and in autonomous mode. There was an occupant in the, occupant, excuse me, in the Waymo vehicle sitting in the driver's seat who sustained minor injury, injuries. Both the Waymo driver and Honda, uh, excuse me, both the Waymo vehicle and Honda were towed from the scene. This incident is under investigation. So we'll just kind of keep our eye on this. Not the fault of the autonomous vehicle. It was the fault of the driver, or it looks like it. Um, you can never say 
that it is until the police say it is after they're done with their investigation, but it kind of is. Next up, this is Fred Lambert from Electric. Tesla is headed to Iceland. Iceland, not Iceland. Tesla's headed to Iceland. Uh, I guess they haven't really broken into this market yet, but it makes sense because Iceland's energy, um, they're almost at 100% renewable, so it makes sense. And I think they have like something like 15% electric vehicles in Iceland, which is a pretty high percentage, and I think their population is 350,000 for the entire country. So pretty good. Next up, Simon Alvarez of Teslarati. Remember, okay, so we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago when Elon had his uh, Good Morning America or whatever interview show it was with Gail King. Um, he showed this really uncomfortable-looking couch. So Ben Sullins and a bunch of other people crowdfunded a new couch for Elon. And it's a cool-looking couch. You can go to Ben Sullins' uh, YouTube page and look at it. They show a video. But uh, it's Wayfair.com. Uh, is where they bought it from, but they actually donated, Wafer actually donated the couch. Uh, so the the group of fans that crowdfunded raised almost $8,000. Tesla said, um, well, if you got the couch donated, well, basically they said, if you're donating to charity, we'll match. So the group raised $8,000. Tesla's donating $8,000. And the Tesla Club of Sweden donated 1500 additional dollars. So we're pretty close to $18,000, somewhere around there. Because uh, uh, the Tesla Club had a little above from what it's read here. So $18,000 is going to go to uh, a charity called Renewable World. And they do, uh, well, this is their tagline, Renewable Energy is a registered charity which tackles poverty in renewable with, excuse me, good God. Renewable Energy is a registered charity which tackles poverty using renewable energy. Hmm. Uh, we support the provisions of affordable renewable energy services to improve incomes, health, and education in the developing world, which is a cool charity to give to. And honestly, uh, right in the wheelhouse of uh, Tesla fans and EV fans just in general. Next up, uh, we got Fred Lambert. Tesla's agreed to partially reimburse uh, customers who have purchased Autopilot 2.0. This isn't out of the kindness of their hearts. This is because they got sued. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a $5 million class action suit. The lawyers will split a million dollars, and then everybody else that bought uh, autopilot 2.0 will depending on when you bought it will get a re reimbursement between 20 and 280 dollars yeah so lawyers get a million everybody else that spent i don't know eight thousand dollars to get full autonomy gets between 20 and 280 dollars seems real fair right um when i say full autonomy i should correct that enhanced autopilot so if you purchase this between 2016, October 2016 and September 2017, uh, you might be, you get, might get a $20 bill coming your way. Doesn't seem like enough. But the lawyers, they got what they wanted. Okay, next one up comes from Reuters. I found it on the auto blog site. Anheuser-Busch has reserved up to 800 Nikola Motors semi-trucks. 
Um, so if you remember Nikola Motors trucks, we've talked about them in the past several times, but if you're, if you're new to it or haven't been paying attention, they're actually hydrogen powered trucks. They're not electric. Uh, they're not run off of a battery. So up to is kind of the key phrasing here. It could be one, it could be 800. It could be, you know, I mean, up to is not a very, it, it just seems like they're just buying options, not even buying, they're just optioning to reserve 800 trucks. Like we'll buy one and we have the option to buy 800. It's not really a thing. Um, but Anheuser-Busch, they're committed to making their uh, semi-trucks uh, be powered by renewable energy by 2020, starting in 2020, and by 2025, they want to be um, a significant portion, if not all of their trucks, to be some powered by some sort of renewable energy that's not uh, dug out of the ground or sucked out of the ground, piped out of the ground. Um, I thought this was interesting because uh, I don't know if I've seen this the price on what these Nikola Motor semis cost, but the average price is four hundred thousand dollars. Um, and Nikola Motors claims they have nine billion dollars in pre-orders. Now keep in mind that's all potential money because they don't have nine billion dollars. Because last week or the week before, they decided they're going to give away give back all of the reservation holders, um, uh, the money that they put down to reserve these semis. So I'm not, I'm not busting Nikola Motors, uh, cause that's not, uh, it's not my goal here, but the article is written in a very, in a very, uh, almost kind of like a cloaking daggery, like you really got to sort through to because it, it makes it look like they have nine billion dollars and also makes it look like somebody ordered 800 trucks at four hundred thousand dollars a pop but it's just not the case along the same lines simon alvarez in tesla at teslarati he writes um and i thought this was interesting but nikola motors has filed a lawsuit against tesla for two billion dollars it's a billion dollars uh so why so according to Nikola Motors, the Tesla Semi infringes on the Nikola uh, Semi design. So the Nikola one, apparently it looks, the Tesla Semi looks very close to the the Nikola one with the, we'll, we'll talk about the design uh, similarities here in a second. Um, but it claims that the Tesla Semi causes confuse, confusion in the market and it's hurting Nikola Motors it's hurting their business. I don't I don't know that they have a business yet, just like Tesla doesn't have a semi-business yet. They have something kind of in beta, maybe beta, maybe alpha. Um, like we said before, the Nikola one is a hydrogen fuel cell semi-truck. Um, so this is what they say is similar. And this is what Nikola Motor says is similar. The wraparound windshield, the mid-door entry, the front fenders, and the aerodynamic body. Uh, prior to the Tesla semi-unveiling in November, Nikola Motors sent out a cease and desist letter to Tesla until they could kind of uh, sort out these whole uh, patent problems. Uh, Tesla, you know, they did what Tesla did and they ignored it and they went ahead and released the semi-information anyway. 
and now they're being sued for two billion dollars. Hmm. I don't know that that's uh, that's a realistic number, but I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not a business guy, so who knows? But Tesla claims that there's no merit to the lawsuit, and I'm not just sucking up to Tesla here, but I'm not sure there is either. Um, I've seen other uh, vehicles with the wraparound windshield. Uh, one specifically, it was like on a fire truck that looked really dumb, but uh, it wasn't done in the same way, I guess, as the Tesla and the Nikola one. But it was still, it was, it just kind of looked. I thought it looked dumb. But um, and then you know when you're looking at aerodynamics the truck's going to look very similar just because they're they're figuring out what's going to be the best in terms of what's the best design based on aerodynamics and i don't know that you're going to get a whole lot of deviation from that if you look at r current semi trucks uh, commercial trucks they are they all look similar and then nobody's complaining about those ones uh, those trucks uh, causing brand confusion and hurting the other people's business. We have uh, around where I live, there are several semi-truck dealerships. I can count three, um, all within probably five miles. And that's just the ones I can count. So apparently business is looking up for people uh, selling semi-trucks. Otherwise, they wouldn't be putting all these uh, dealerships in. So it, it kind of, I don't know, it makes sense that they're going to look similar. I can't answer. I can't speak to the the door that opens in the the middle of the truck, the mid entry door, like a bus, kind of like a bus door. But you know, we'll see what happens. If there is a settlement, it'll likely be much smaller than two billion dollars. So let's talk about the Tesla investment uh, letter and the earnings call. So. There was a whole weird vibe about the earnings call. It didn't really, uh, it just, there just seemed from the very beginning, it seemed off and, and strange. Um, so I don't know if there was something internally going on in the room or, you know, if it was just me projecting that because it didn't feel good on the day that I listened to it. Who knows? But here's what, uh, here's kind of the highlights. This is from the investment letter combined with the earnings call. They had a revenue of $3.4 billion, 4.19 cents, uh, $4.19 per share loss. Um, and they currently have 2.7 billion in cash. So in terms of like uh, cars produced, they produced 24,728 Model S's and Model X's. They didn't break those out. I don't know why. The, they produced 9,766 Model 3s in that first quarter, but they only delivered uh, 21,815 Model S and Xs and 8,182 Model 3s. But the total deliveries for Q1 was 29,997, which was, I think, their best Q1 in their history. Not their best quarter ever, but their best Q1. And let's talk about superchargers. Uh, they open 77 new superchargers. In the United States, there's 1,205 supercharger stations. Now, that's not stalls. That's just stations. 
worldwide, there's 9,300 stalls. There's a weird way for them to break that in and they break that out and then rest a letter because, you know, most stations are going to have multiple stalls, but it's just kind of a weird a weird way to break that out. You'd think they would say, we have this many stations worldwide and this many stalls, but they didn't. And as far as Tesla Energy uh, is concerned, which is, you know, the solar, the power packs and the um, power walls, that kind of thing, it grew 161% from Q4 of 2017. But this included the South Australia um, installation the final commercial commercial transfer was done in Q1, so uh, that likely gave them quite a big boost. Let's see, they they deployed a record number of Powerwall systems. Um, solar deployments have declined, uh, but they blame that mostly on because they're removing a bunch of sales channels. They're not doing the leases anymore and that kind of thing. So uh, they're removing those sales channels and they think that that's partly due to the decline. And the other part is they can't build the power walls fast enough and people are waiting for their power walls before they get their solar installed. So um, now we're just going to go into the earnings call. And this is from Simon Alvarez from Teslarati. A uh, YouTuber, and I think his name was Gabriel, he uh, crowdfunded some questions. They let him come on and, and ask a lot of questions. Actually, if you listen to the thing into the earnings call, uh, Elon cut a lot of people off because they were boring, and he let this person ask questions, Gabriel, for like, I don't know, five or six questions. So one of the questions he asked, and it was, you know, pretty good, I thought, is, are you going to let Porsche be to market with a 350 kilowatt charger? And uh, the group kind of laughed when he asked this. Uh, just f f for information, Porsche is part of that Ionity group that we talked about that has the group of chargers, or group of uh, auto manufacturers. So Elon said having a 350 kilowatt charger doesn't make a ton of sense unless you have a monster battery or have a crazy high C rating. I don't know what that means, high C rating. Basically, uh, Elon said that people are gonna frag their battery if they use that charger. Uh, JB Straubel said it wouldn't make much sense for Tesla to make a three to 400 kilowatt charger because the trade-offs would be bad for the customer. Um, one of the things that did come out of this is Tesla, and I think we've talked about this before, but I can't remember. Tesla did say they'd be open to par partnering with other auto manufacturers on the supercharger network, uh, but so far no one has approached them. But they said the, the original plan was to have partners. The next story is Fred Lambert from Electric, and we're talking about the Tesla Semi. And in the, this is part of the weirdness, in the... Um, earnings call, he references the Nikola lawsuit briefly. Uh, but when it comes to the battery technology, I th think they're to the point where the Tesla Semi will actually fully loaded have a closer range, a range closer to 600 miles instead of the 500, uh, which is a pretty big, uh, uh, pretty big bump because the expectation of 500 was pretty mind blowing, but 600, that's just, that's a, quite a bit uh, more 
that extra 100 miles makes a big difference. Tesla has about uh, 2,000 semi-reservations. And if you remember back, we talked about a Daimler, I think he was an engineer, Martin Daum uh, said that uh, basically the Tesla Semi can't go as far as the 600 miles or 500 miles because um, it, it the physics don't work out. And Elon addressed that and said basically that this guy doesn't know anything about fitnet, f physics and he uh, said, uh, <laughs> he said, I know him and he doesn't know anything about physics, which is, you know, throwing a little shade. This is part of the weirdness of this um, earnings call. Uh, we've talked about this. This is another side of Alvarez story that the next Gigafactory will be in China. Uh, that's come, become pretty apparent just because we know that, uh, you know, China just lifted its restrictions for factories for foreign car manufacturers. We already know that they're going to build the Model 3 and the Model Y will be produced there. Um, and one of the other things that they clarified, but I thought, I mean, pretty much everybody should know this, I think, is that the uh, all gigafactories will also manufacture vehicles. So um, we're looking at, you know, whenever they start building that China factory, uh, which they should, they said they're going to announce soon. Uh, just a couple more stories left here. Fred Lambert of Electric. They talked about the 2170 lithium-ion batteries used in the Model 3 and the power uh, walls. Um, they've reduced the amount of cobalt, and they eventually think they can get the amount of cobalt down to zero. Um, they say that the 2170 has the highest energy density on the market uh, out of any other lithium-ion battery cell. They've reduced... Um, they reduced the cobalt, but they increased the nickel. So, um, and they say they've maintained the thermal stability by doing that. Now, I don't know if that's a cost cutting thing or a environmental thing. I don't know if there's more nickel than cobalt. Um, and I really didn't have a chance to research this in any depth because I wanted to get this out and then the other podcast out um, tonight. So, but I'm gonna look into that a little bit further. And let's see, this is from Tesserati, Christian Prinsler, uh, Simon Alvarez, and Fred Lambert of Electric. So we've talked about the Model 3. They shut down the line recently to improve it. Um, they've shut down, uh, they're going to shut down the production again in uh, a few weeks. To f That's for 10 full days to kind of improve it there. Um after that second shutdown, they think they can get to the 5,000 per week. And then from there, and that's within uh, two months of the shutdown, from there they get, they they're think it's pretty easy to get to 6,000 per week, which is uh, huge. And that's well on the way t to the goal of 10,000 uh, per week, which would really chew through a lot of those reservations. Uh, one of the things that they highlighted as a big... Uh, boost in productivity is at one point it took seven hours to produce one battery pack and now it's down to 17 minutes which is you know great now was that seven hours when they first put the lineup or was that seven hours five weeks ago i don't know um, if it was five weeks ago that's pretty impressive if it was when they 
first started the lineup uh, a year ago. I mean, it's I guess it's impressive, but it's not as impressive. Um, one of the things that uh, if you want to know about the Flufferbot uh, that they talked about, then please listen to the bonus episode, and they talk about the Flufferbot. Uh, but basically what it came down to was they eliminated a bunch of unneeded uh, tasks, and then they replaced some uh, some tasks with people because the robots weren't doing them efficiently, they were breaking down, and it was costing time and money when a person could just do it, and they, they'd be maybe not faster initially, but over a long period of time, they're actually faster than uh, the robots. So, like I said, there's going to be another shutdown in the second quarter, which I think it's scheduled for sometime in June and that's going to be a 10 day shutdown and hopefully that will let them fix and correct a lot of the bottlenecks and finally some Model Y news and I'll be honest this is sad news I'm sad about this uh, manufacturing the manufacturing revolution of the Model Y won't start until 2020 so Tesla said that there will be no uh, production of the Model Y until 2020. Now, when in 2020, eh, you know, that's anybody's guess. Um, it will not be built in Fremont because they're just like bursting at the seams, but they're going to apply the knowledge from the Model 3 to the Model Y. Um, and Elon was very big on not making that same mistake again because uh, the Model 3 has just kind of been, you know, a nightmare. Uh, Tesla does hope to be profitable in Q3, Q4. They're going through, and actually, I didn't put this in here because the show's already long enough, uh, so we'll talk about it next week. It's definitely on track for next week, is Tesla's uh, cutting through all these unnecessary contractors to get to profitability. He's It's basically the free ride's over for any contractor that's not producing. They're just uh, getting rid of all of them, firing all of them, and I think that's a that's a good start honestly because uh just kind of not paying attention and knowing where every dollar is going it, it can easily get away from you and yeah that's it that's the whole show folks like i said there will be a bonus episode if you have no interest in hearing the earnings call then by all means just delete that episode or don't download it uh but if you get them automatically just delete it and yeah, if you want to email me, it's Bodie at 918digital.com. Twitter is at 918digital. You can call and leave a message at 918-401-0071, although I'm thinking of getting rid of that because uh, nobody has, and there's other ways to contact me. Uh, leave a review because that really helps out a lot. So if you want to leave a review, uh, probably on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, that would really I'd really appreciate it if you want to support the show. If you want to support it financially, go to kilowatt uh, patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. That'd be awesome. And uh, that's it. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And God willing, I'll talk to you on our regularly scheduled Friday.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.